0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network
1: Don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind short for unaffiliated mind games and you ain't never gonna be the same again. brace yourself. It's time for a Red Hot Truth Injection. Oh, yeah. That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're going to set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee. Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, universe, A. Hey. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're going to tear you a new one. You mind?
2: Okay, hey, everybody. Uh, I am here with Jerome Wetzel of It's All Been Done, a multi-platform creative network that's based out of Ohio. Uh, and until recently he wrote and performed for, uh, it's all been done radio hour, which had live music actors and totally real commercials that you can definitely buy things from. So <laughs> yes. Now, um, I, I was very sorry to hear about this. Uh, now you guys uh, explain to me a little bit about what happened.
0: Sure. Uh, Basically, the theater we perform at closed for a few months Mm -hmm. um, because of worries of the coronavirus and the rules that Ohio has set uh, where we're not supposed to meet with more than 50 people and everything. So kind of cuts out performances.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and that's really a shame. Uh, So you guys were performing at the Mad Lab Theater in Columbus on uh, a monthly basis? Yeah, the second Saturday of every month. Oh, wow. So yeah, uh well, that was actually uh we do uh Creeping Wave an audio drama and we were looking to start up live shows and obviously we had to put the kibosh on that. But um yeah, and and I think that um from your experience when you do a live show, I, I the energy is just different like uh you, you get an immediate reaction, the the energy between actors um ha, what what how what what's the difference that you feel between just doing a, a podcast where you're editing everything together and doing a live show? Yeah. I mean
0: the, we, from the beginning have always been a live mm-hmm. show. We've mm-hmm. never done our podcast without the audience. Oh, amazing! Uh, yeah. So while we, I guess could get the cast together until more rules come down. Cause mm-hmm. right now we're not supposed to gather even more than 10 and our cast is larger than that. Yeah. Um, it would not be the same as anything we've ever done. And, you know, with our space being off limits, uh, we'd be in an unfamiliar place, like trying to squeeze everybody in the living room and get 20 people around a few mics is difficult at best. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, we talked about trying to continue it and we may try to do a few online episodes, but I feel like it's just not going to be all that great for our format and you know we'll have to definitely do smaller cast things we can't involve everybody if we're going to try to do something like that
2: mm-hmm. yeah it, it would be really a tricky thing and you guys have um just such an interesting uh like that you you do a lot of different things um you i uh, i i'm really are, are you a futurama fan by any chance I am, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I was feeling a little bit of uh, the Zach Brannigan energy in the character Captain Richard Kincaid. So, and, yeah,
0: it's certainly something the actor has brought to that. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know he was partially inspired by Zach Brannigan. I was more thinking the William Shatner Captain Kirk Vane, but yes. slightly more cartoonish, which is, of course, Zach Brannigan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely in the DNA, but I think uh, Captain Kake has undergone a lot more emotional... Growth as the series has gone <laughs> on and every
2: day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, for our listeners, explain a little bit about uh, your plot lines, some of the things you do. Uh, I know that you kind of do different things, but uh, so, sort of the, the main podcast. Uh, can it kind of give us an idea of what, what they can expect if they tune into your archives? Sure. Uh, it's all been
0: done, Radio Hour. Basically, we have about 10 different series mm-hmm. that are ongoing. And every month when we do the live show, we perform four episodes. Um, so we only get to do, you know, part of our series every yeah. time. Uh, the series you referenced, Universe Journey, which yes. as Captain Kake, now Commander Kake, he was demoted. Um, mm-hmm. They That's a sci-fi adventure type series. Started them with a crew on a starship, very Star Trek-y, yeah. uh, but with a comedy bend. Uh, and a few years in, we had a big event where we blew up the starship and scattered the crew. And now it's been a couple years later and we're slowly trying to get the characters back together and they've all gone down their different paths and experienced different things. Um, so that, that is the series we do every month. That is our flagship. That's the one with the best developed characters and plots, but we also have a, a superhero series, the yes. top notch tangler. She speaks with a lot of alliteration. Um, <laughs> we have Daniel Kravitz's chosen one where it's a grumpy, antique store owner who has to save the world from monsters and demons, and as you may gather, that was inspired by Buffy, but Daniel Kravitz is very different than Buffy the Vampire yes, Slayer. Yes, yes. Um, we're in our third season of that series. We've got um, Morning Show, which is a more grounded like radio program mm-hmm. within a program, where they're doing news, but just to kind of take it out of the real world and make it a little more allegorical so we weren't getting into Current event political situations, right. we have set a zombie disaster on the other side of the country from them. So they're not having zombies come into their lives, but influences the types of stories they're telling in the the political climate they're in.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and that, that's just a few of them. I mean, we have Packard and Ratcliffe, who are our eccentric immortal time traveling couple that jump between dimensions and time and space. And, and there's a bunch more. And then we do uh, the commercials that are, as you referenced, totally, totally real. Yes. Uh, <laughs> obviously not, but they're, they're little mini stories and you know, some of them are just standalone comedy bits and some of them have ongoing characters that have appeared 10, 12, 15 times to, to develop them further. So a lot going on in that uh, one show that we then split up and podcast out weekly for the last five years.
2: Yeah. And and, which I think is just so amazing. Um, And now, how did you guys come together as a theater troupe? So I kind of backed into that
0: accidentally. Uh, (laughs) I I like to write. I'm a writer, a television reviewer, and I've written a couple novels. And I was just thinking of what's a project I could do. You know, I was a little discouraged because when you do a self-published novel on Amazon, it's not like you're going to get a lot of downloads, even if you're telling your friends and family. Um, And so I was trying to think of what I could do to write that would get in front of more people and involve more people and and be a more collaborative effort or where I could be contributing to something other than just sitting in a room by myself and writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts. Uh, are you familiar with Thrilling Adventure Hour?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I was binging Thrilling Adventure Hour, loving it, and they were coming to an end, uh, completing their run after 10 years. And my thinking was as I looked around for a replacement podcast to listen to since I was about out of episodes, uh, there was nobody else doing what they were doing. Mm. And while I would never even attempt to copy their style and the way they did things, I figured I'll steal their format (laughs) and do that live show that we split into podcasts and have the ongoing serials. And uh, as we've, Changed and grown over the years, I think our show has ended up very, very different from Throwing Adventure Hour. But it's that same basic concept of having the ongoing serials with the live audience mm-hmm. as a essential part of the program. And so when I went to cast that, um, a few people in the show are people I knew, but I basically just posted audition information anywhere I could think of and got a ton of people that wanted to be in it. And here we are, five years later, we still have most of the original cast. We've added a few more along the way, and um, it's been really. We've had over eighty guest stars. It's been really thrilling
2: yeah that's that's awesome um i i, I just it's so exciting to see people just uh, organizing like creative projects like this um and you know because we we really need it uh we really just need like somebody in there inspiring us with just kind of a creative force and getting out there and it, it really builds a sense of community between the people when they're able to show up and watch these shows and just the energy between the audience and the performers. Um, and, and so now, uh, is your cast, uh, is it a paid cast?
0: No, they are not paid.
2: So they that, are all that going makes even more impressive to me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, and so, uh, you guys have live music on your shows and, uh, you must have rehearsals that go along with this.
0: We do, but not not a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So we have two composers that work on the show. One mainly does the theme songs, and one does everything else. We do a lot of musicals and and Mm -hmm. standalone songs. Um, And for songs, we do tend to rehearse those at least a few months before they're performed, because that takes a little bit more time. But most of our shows, we do one read-through with the whole cast about a week and a half before the performance, and then the day of the show, we do a full run-through in the theater uh, there. And after both... Performances, the both rehearsals. We give notes and we go over some things, but a lot of it is dependent on the actors taking that time themselves because it really is two rehearsals and then a show.
2: Wow. <laughs> so, so I guess that that means there's a a, a lot of room for uh, error that becomes creative interpretation. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely try to instill
0: in our cast the ability to take charge of their own characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll write to the performances, yeah. and we don't put too much improv in, but during rehearsal, they're free to throw it in, and then we can tell them yes or no. And some <laughs> improv bits end up being our biggest laugh lines, and uh, there's one actor in particular that has added many different elements to his characters just by throwing lines in here and there, and then I have to write to them because they're now out can- canon.
2: Oh. <laughs> I, I definitely respect that. We've done um, a, a couple improv episodes. And uh, for, for me, being the editor who has to come in later, uh, it, it's always like a little bit like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what are we going to do? But you guys don't really get to edit. You just, it's there. It's out in the open. And uh, the performance you get is what, what uh, goes up online. So or out to the audience. Uh, We we
0: do edit the podcast. Uh, I wouldn't say we take things out generally, Mm -hmm. and we tend to only grab. We record the final run through as well in the theater on show day. And so if something really goes wrong, maybe there's a fire engine outside, the alarms, you know, messing with us. Mm -hmm. We have that backup that we can pull some audio from there, uh, which we do occasionally. But, yeah, there's very few things that we'll actually edit out. We might edit out awkward pauses. Um, Sometimes the actors will do some some physical things that play really well for the live audience, but it's going to sound awkward on the podcast if we don't take that kind of thing out. Um, If an actor's stuttering over their line and we ask them to just stop and start again in the performance, we're going to take that out of the podcast. So there is some editing involved before you get to the podcast. Yeah.
2: Very cool. Um, So, Okay. Um, I have to ask you about a couple different things that you do on your podcast, how they got started, um, because they're just, uh, one of the things that I think is, is so entertaining is, uh, Dirty Story Night. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you a fanfic writer back in the day? Uh, explain a little for our readers what Dirty Story Night entails. Yeah. Sure. It's a competitive erotic fanfiction. Yes. Uh, <laughs>
0: Which, uh, using that descriptor, there actually is a podcast out there called Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction, and we were inspired by them as well. Um, We borrow from a lot of creative people. But we figured Dirty Story Night, honestly, we didn't start it to be a public project that we were putting out. It was our cast-after parties for It's All Been Done Radio Hour. We were just hanging out and having drinks and having fun together. And I said, hey, have you guys heard this podcast? And then they all wanted to write their own Dirty Stories. So we figured if we're going to go to that trouble, why not record it? And Dirty Story Night was born from a bunch of after parties, usually with alcohol involved, of people telling naughty, naughty tales. Um, and we did it that for a while. And then as we our show grew, we started doing uh, more in-theater parties or in-restaurant parties where we didn't have the opportunity and the space to record. So we actually haven't released on that feed in over a year. Uh, even though it's still getting great downloads. Mm-hmm. But we did recently do a brand new night and record some new stories, and we're organizing a second one before we start releasing again to make sure we have you know a good chunk of stories to release. So there are some more Dirty Story Night episodes coming.
2: Very cool. <laughs> yeah, I, it just it's there. there's so much that you guys offer with your show that I, I think people should definitely check it out. Uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, there's always uh, the Star Trek rewatches, which is great. And one thing I have to ask you about after listening to Godman, um, which is uh, in that, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gary Marshall. Um, when yes. I first saw the Star Trek original 30, there's the character Gary Mitchell. And for the life of me, I swore his name was Gary Marshall. Um, Gary Mitchell is, <laughs> is a character who becomes the, like an omnipotent evil entity, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, was Captain Kirk's best friend. Was that taken from that at all, or is that just a coincidence? It's completely original. No. (laughs) Uh,
0: Most episodes of Universe Journey are their own thing, but especially in the early days, we did do a few that were basically parodies on original Star Trek episodes, Mm -hmm. and our pilot was one of them. Yes. Uh, God-Man was essentially where No Man Has Gone before the original 1966 pilot that aired, with the Gary Marshall element thrown in because I thought his name was similar enough and it was funny. And basically I pulled up Gary Marshall's IMDB page Mm -hmm. and put in as many references to titles that he was involved in. I think there's something like 92 references to Gary Marshall projects in that 20 minute episode. So every line Gary Marshall speaks is a Gary Marshall reference.
2: (laughs) It's a, it's, it's a great episode. Well, the whole series is great, honestly. Um, Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, we, we, uh, old Scratch and me, my boss, uh, he just loves Michigan and I hope I'm not offending you because I know things between Michigan and Ohio are sensitive.
0: <laughs> I'm not a sports fan, so that's oh, okay. fine. Okay.
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he just loves Michigan. So he loves to go out there every year and he drags me along for business reasons. Uh, and, um, <laughs> We were hoping that uh, we could maybe make a stopover to Columbus during our travels, um, which I, I guess pretty close. It's uh, Columbus yeah. is about yeah, six, six miles, six hours in from where Michigan is, I think, but um, you know, or, or less. I'm not sure. But yeah, and we were hoping that we could uh, catch one of your live shows because I just um, I, I was a theater geek when I was a kid. And I kind of crave it. And when you get older, it's harder to just... Uh, when you're a kid, you are you just sign up. <laughs> you get in there and you're dancing around and singing. And when you're older, it's it's much harder, much more competitive. There's a lot more uh, nepotism and stuff like that um, uh, that you have to compete with. So I, I, I always kind of crave those kind of environments where you can watch those kind of shows and those serials and things like that. Um
0: Yeah, and and to what you're speaking of, of the nepotism in the groups, and certainly some local theater companies tend to cast the same actors Mm -hmm. a lot, I I think something that we do and what I always wanted to do from the beginning was having those guest stars in every show so that we can get more people in there. Like I said, we've had over 80 in less than five years, so we have a lot of people come in and play with us. and. Only a few of them are famous Hollywood types that we've pre-recorded and put on the podcast. We just had Janet Varney on last month; that was awesome. Yeah, that was a big deal for us. That's been our biggest get so far. But yeah, most of the guest stars are local Columbus actors, and there's such a range of talent. We could easily do another couple hundred guest stars with no problem without repeating ourselves.
2: That that's really cool, and and uh, yeah, it's I really love that. Um, So you're definitely. It feels like you've definitely. Drawn inspiration from old time radio serials. Um, what are some of your favorites? To be
0: honest, I really haven't listened to the old timey oh, stuff really? much, which is yeah, that's probably why I couldn't get that old timey feel. I mean, I again, I didn't want to copy wow. *Thrilling Adventure* Hour too much, but they really feel like an old time mm-hmm. serial, the way the characters speak and everything. Uh, so our Stories and characters are much more modern sensibility because I, I don't have that experience. And I think a lot of our shows are influenced by the type of things that I watch. Um, I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm a fan of The Walking Dead. I'm a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And while we definitely try to make our things different, a lot of those influences creep into what I'm writing and what our show is. I mean, Morning Show is just my attempt to do Sorkin, but I know I'll never, ever be, live up to Sorkin. So. Yeah. Wow.
2: It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's excellent stuff though. Uh, And it's so much creativity. Uh, And as you mentioned before, you yourself are a writer and you've written novels. Um, And uh, so, so to have this outlet where you get to uh, put your stories up and have them, you're just able to bring it to a wider audience. And uh, do you prefer uh, the format of like writing like a novel or uh, writing the, the, like a script Format. Which which do you or do you just love both of them? I
0: was gonna say I I would have told you before I started the show that I would have preferred the novel, mm-hmm. but I really really love writing this show, so I, I want to do both. Um, in the last five years since we started this, the only novel I actually had time to write full length novel is I did write a Universe Journey novel yeah. that's out as well that goes with the show. So uh, love, but loves less. Yeah, loves less lost. Yeah, um, which is a backstory but also kind of covers the first few episodes of the podcast as well with some different perspectives and new things. We didn't just take the script and copy them over to novel format. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I really want to write a second novel that goes with radio hour. And I think at this point, um, other than the one novel series that I set aside to start doing this, I, I don't really have a desire to go beyond these characters and series because there's just so much more to tell with what we're working on that if I'm, have time to write novels now? It's probably going to be radio hour novels because uh, I have a three-year-old daughter and and a full-time job as well as this stuff. Yeah. So I only have so much time to write.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I felt so much kinship with that when I was uh, looking over your uh, written work because uh, what eventually became the You Mind Creeping Wave Radio and Mossbread Comics actually started out as a novel series that I put together that I was trying to query out and could not get anybody to take it because they're like, Oh, we don't know how to market this. It's not genre specific enough. And I was like, Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Sorry about that. I don't know why they have to pigeonhole everything. Those things that break the genres are some of the most interesting.
2: I think so. And I I think that that's what the, the internet and independent press and stuff like that has been so great for is that instead of like, curtailing your work down to one audience that you're able to like find the audience who wants your work and mm-hmm. then they, they tell everybody and spread the word and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, what, what is your experience been with, uh, building your audience in, in that way? It's been, I'd say the
0: growth's been pretty slow, but pretty steady over the years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're certainly doing a lot more downloads than when we started, but I don't, I wouldn't say that there have been any huge, Spikes in our jump in listenership. It's just been a kind of we're gonna keep making it, and people will eventually find us. I mean, we're not at the point yet where we can have a Patreon to really sustain us or anything. Right. Um, we have some plans to release some scripts and some uh, audio recordings and things to try to to generate income. So maybe we can pay the cast someday. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we we make enough money to keep our uh, to pay for our feeds and printer ink and that's about as much as we're making right
2: now yeah yeah so how how have you and the cast been uh coping because i i I mean there's there's probably just like a whole bunch of creative energy surging are you guys talking about what you're going to do with the characters or yeah
0: yeah i mean I'm always talking to the cast about what I want to do with the characters. In fact, a couple of years ago, we implemented story meetings a couple times a year that all the cast is invited to and they can come and hear what I'm thinking and pitch their own ideas. And I try to have individual conversations with as many of the cast members as I can as well uh, throughout the year to get their input. Because, you know, obviously you're going to get Many great ideas that you would have never thought of yourself if you're soliciting that feedback. And these people who have been playing the characters for years know them as well as you do, at least as well as you do. Sure. Oh, yeah. so it's great to have them involved. A few of them have certainly suggested things we can do while we're on break. Um, I know we're trying to put together an Instagram story performance. That's just a two cast members. Um, I don't know much about that stuff, and I'm not a big social media person, and so I'm just kind of like. Okay, we'll let you guys experiment and see what see what works, but uh, yeah, it's been a I don't know what all we'll do, and we probably won't do too too much because it's hard to still keep writing those scripts for the future months. I mean, we're gonna make up April and May and June yeah um, as much as we can, and the I think we're gonna do two June shows, but our regular June show was canceled because. And quite reasonably, the theater that hosts us had to cancel all their programming in April and May, so they took our June date for yeah. making up their own programming. So, But they have offered us some make up dates so we can get in the theater and get some stuff done, which we appreciate. Um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of getting everybody's schedule available and hoping they have a steady enough connection. Uh, you mentioned our Star Trek Rewatch podcast. We've kept that going since we've been isolated and had to move to online discussions and recordings. And I know a couple of us are feeds were fine and everything was smooth but then other people kept cutting out and you know there's Skype delays sometimes and yeah. I don't know I'm uneasy about putting out a product that's too flawed so we gotta make sure it's gonna be smooth before we can, can launch it
2: yeah yeah. The, the Skype delays are always tricky um, I, I've been doing a, opening up to a lot more um, Skype interviews recently uh, we're trying to do live interviews because just the audio quality was better and we originally did Skype we, we did The very first season of Creeping Wave Radio, we did, like, uh, group Skypes, which was miserable (laughs) to edit (laughs) because inevitably people just, like, go on a conversation. So I'm like, okay, well, three hours in, I know that they're going to start doing their lines, so... Or, or people like messing around with the lines and you're like, please don't do that. Please, please read the line. <laughs> I <think>. But um, <laughs> it was, it, it was crazy. So, uh, but now we're kind of going back with the interviews and yeah, Skype delays and stuff like that uh, are, are troublesome, but it's, it's worth it to get to connect with other people who have the same kind of creative energy and the same drives that you do. And I'm very excited to get to talk to you uh, and to sort of explore your process. Um, now I, I want to ask you, uh, as a writer and someone uh, who's a podcaster, um, what is your schedule like? Because that's always what I struggle with. Um, like how you run so many shows and you have such an all encompassing kind of, um, how, how do you, how do you plan that out? It's not easy.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, The last job I had, I was able to get some work done before I had my daughter too. I was able to get some work done in the morning and I was able to get some work done in the evening if I already had leftovers ready for dinner. Um, So it was a lot of before and after work and then picking up the slack on the weekends. Right now, I started a new job a couple months ago that makes weekday work almost impossible Mm. um, because it's longer hours and everything. So right now, it's mainly weekends. Uh, I'm putting in 16 hours on the weekends you know, working and then I'll do a couple evenings a week, but you know, sometimes I'm just too exhausted to get that much done during yeah. the week. So oh, yeah, right now I'd say this, I'm still figuring out what this new job what the new schedule looks like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's cool, though it's, um, and are you, uh, what, what are your plans for when the floodgates open up again and everybody is just hungry for like social interaction and watching live productions are, are you afraid of, like, the rabid fans that will be attacking the stage, or...?
0: <laughs> that would be... I would love to have that problem. <laughs> please, please all come to the show. <laughs> uh, we did do a show only a week ago in, in March here, and by then, almost all of the local theater had shut down, mm-hmm. so we had some people show up that were just like, thank you, thank God there's something still going on. And, you know, within days after that performance, everything else shut down, so we... You know, we were one of the last ones standing, which was cool. And to get to hear that feedback of, you know, my life is theater and we need theater. Uh, What I worry about, honestly, with our June shows is so many things over the last couple of months are getting put off that it's all going to be packed into June and nobody's going to come to our thing because there's so many other things going on. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, we've got, like I said, I think we're going to do two of our monthly shows in June. And I think we also will probably return to the Columbus Arts Festival, assuming that happens. So we'll have three performances in June, which is a lot to get through. So I'm more just like, how can we prepare and be ready for that um, before that happens? Thankfully, with It's Up and Done Radio are the podcast feed, we we did six months of shows before we released anything on the podcast and I did that on purpose so we'd have a backlog. Right. And we did so many extra performances the first few years to try to get ourselves out there that we're now a year ahead. Oh. And we're not going to get any more ahead because I want to keep things seasonal so our Christmas stories happen at Christmas and everything. But, the radio hour podcast is unaffected. It's going to continue completely unchanged. I'll just have to figure out what those podcast releases look like a year from now when we're trying to mismatch a bunch of things in together.
2: Oh yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's um, just so much fun to be able to talk to people who (laughs) are bringing their writing to the public, making it something like real and living by bringing these other actors in, by bringing music in and stuff like that. Um, now, just in your, your regular life, uh, how are you and your family uh, holding up? Uh, I, I guess your daughter is probably out of school right now. Well, yeah,
0: because she's not quite three yet, she hasn't actually started school. Oh, okay. School. So you're... And you. yes. Yeah, she had, we have been splitting your childcare between two different sitters, and one of them has stopped watching her, but the other one picked up the extra days. So right now, we still have a babysitter, and we're hoping that holds out because my wife and I are both still working full-time, but at home. So if we... If we've got to watch a three-year-old and work full-time, that's going to get really dicey, and I don't know when I'll have time for radio, <laughs> radio hour stuff, because you know you got to take care of the kid and get your paying work done
2: first. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we're hoping our sitter holds out for a while. It's a good thing that they make three-year-olds so cute, or else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, she's awesome. She guest-starred when she was a baby, Aww. just babbling on stage, and now she's a little bit older, and she... Loves that to say, oh, my daddy wrote that song or whatever, and she makes up her own songs, and she's asked if she can guest star again, which we're not going to do right now, but when she's a little bit older, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're reading level, maybe?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, that's At this point, I think she's got to be able to read a script before we can put her back in the show. mm mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm.
2: So I guess um, she she gets to uh, listen firsthand while you're like sitting at the piano and just like, or or however you you do it, your process. What is your process for writing your songs? So
0: uh, I tend to write the lyrics first without any melody.
2: Um,
0: And then with the theme song composer, I will will sing the lyrics to him uh, on a recording and then he'll go back and arrange and compose it, which is a lot more work than it might sound like initially because I can't hold a, hold a tune or sing on key at all. So he gets really frustrated because he has perfect pitch and he has to go through and, and deal with that and try to make a melody out of it. Uh, but he's known me since kindergarten, so he puts up with it. Oh. The the other woman that does all our musicals, uh, I don't give her any guidance on the, the melodies other than maybe like, this is the tone or the genre, or maybe these three songs I'm pulling inspiration from, so listen to them. Um, but rarely does she uh, have a melody that um, is anything like I was thinking when I wrote the lyrics. And then we'll adjust the lyrics based on her melody. But yeah, I, I write the lyrics basically isolated first and then pass it on and let the musician set it to music.
2: Wow, oh, very nice. So we, We've only just experimented last season. Last season was our short season with bringing in people doing score. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but uh, it is very nerve wracking. Because uh, you're, you're waiting to see, like, okay, is this going to work? Yeah, and that kind of, but uh, all of them worked out really well. And we were very lucky um, in San Diego. There's a lot of very talented musicians who were really happy to come in and play with us. So, And uh, it sounds like you guys have uh, a lot of people who, and that's really what it is, is people who just want to play, just want to have fun and uh, enjoy that kind of an environment. So, but, uh mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, any big plans for the future? Any, any, uh, storylines that you can tease us with? Sure.
0: I mean, our fifth anniversary show is coming up in July Mm -hmm. and our superhero series the Top Notch Tangler has gotten the shaft every anniversary. It, it has only been in one anniversary show and it wasn't that big a deal for them. And so we are devoting our whole fifth anniversary special to the Top-Notch Dangler. All of her villains from the last five years are teaming up and she's going to have to take them all on at once. Oh, man. And so it's going to be a big 80-minute show. of uh, We're excited. We're going to bring back some of our superheroes that we've seen as well. She's got a few superhero friends. And just uh, put them all together in one gigantic clash Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, Universe Journey, we've got... uh, We're in the middle of our Echo Dimension. That's kind of our Mirror Universe-type storyline where there's a wormhole that they can go back and forth and they've been invaded once, but we know there's a big war coming, so it's just kind of preparing for war and getting our characters to where they are. And then uh, Daniel Kravitz Chosen One this year, we're wrapping up Volume 3, which has been... uh, Most of the episodes are written month to month. We have some basic general big broad plot lines but with Daniel Kravitz because it's probably our most serial story we really thought about season three and mapped it out more completely than we had in previous story arcs and we've teased a lot of different threats in season three and introduced a lot of new characters and we're now working on that finale and bringing everything together Um, and then we're also we the only full-length musical we did we did a universe journey musical that was 60 minutes with eight songs um, and we're working on our second big long musical for 2021, which is going to be a Daniel Kravitz Chosen One musical. So we're getting ready for that as well.
2: All right. All right. Very, very exciting. Um, now, if people want to check out your podcast, uh, give it a listen, uh, just sort of introduce themselves to the characters, uh, where can they find you and how can they connect with you on social media? Sure. Uh, it's all been done. RadioHour.com is our main website. It's got links
0: to iTunes and any other podcast app you want. You can just search. It's all been done radio hour. Pretty easy to find. Um, We also uh, are on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IABD Presents. That's our network. And on Facebook, it's all been done radio hour, and it's all been tracked before, have their own pages as well. So we have three Facebook pages, Twitter and Instagram. It's just the network itself. We also, I want to mention, have a wiki that we're building for Radio Hour, oh. because at this point there's so many characters and plot lines, <laughs> and there's already like 270 pages on it, um, but it still needs built out a lot more. We're two episodes away from having everything Daniel Kravitz on that wiki. Every character, every episode, every interaction, Daniel Kravitz is the most built out part of the wiki, but the on that wiki you can still get links to every single episode, and see the episode lists and find out information about all the series. And that's linked from our main website as well. It's allbendonradior.com.
2: Okay. Excellent. And before you go, just because I I know that you you love Star Trek and as do I, um, who is your favorite, favorite of all time Star Trek character? And what is your favorite series in the Star Trek uh, universe, I guess?
0: So Deep Space Nine is my favorite series. Uh, it was the first one that got Serial. Uh, that's the type of storytelling I like. I like the ongoing arcs. Mm-hmm. And I loved all the political stuff and the religious stuff and that actions the characters took had consequences years later. And they had a reoccurring cast of like 40 on top of their main cast. So Deep Space Nine is the one I really got into. And and because of that, I think Cisco's my favorite captain. He just he had a quality about him where he was willing to bend the morals a little bit more than the other captains. If uh, my favorite episode is in pale moonlight in the pale moonlight where he is torn because he helped orchestrate an assassination of a high level diplomat. And that's not something a Starfleet officer should do, but he realizes that that action may end up saving trillions of lives and he's trying to live with it. And that kind of storytelling is just amazing to me. So I'm a, that deep space nine is where it's at. Although I will say the new stuff, discovery and Picard, are excellent, and I can't wait to see what they do.
2: Very cool. I, unfortunately, I haven't gotten a chance to see Picard yet, but I'm 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 hoping to uh, wait for it to come to a venue that I can download it and then just binge it like crazy. So. There is a novel, um, Star Trek: Picard, The Last oh. Best Hope, that sets
0: up the series. Okay. And I highly recommend it. It's one of I've read a couple hundred Star Trek novels at this point, at least. It's one of the best Star Trek novels I've ever read, and really gets you into Picard's mindset and what he went through between the Next Generation and Picard, and why he is
2: where he is. Very Nice. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jerome. Is there anything else that you'd like us to? include before i let you go and get back to your life
0: i don't think so but thank you so much (laughs) uh we really appreciate any chance we have to talk about our show and plug it and get it out there and anybody that's helping promote creative stuff we you know what you're doing is fantastic and we appreciate you including us
2: oh thank you so much all right jerome thank you for talking to us today uh take care and uh enjoy your day thanks Thanks, you too Hey. bye
1: special thanks to jerome wetzel of the it's all been done radio hour you can go ahead and check them out on www.iabd and you know what they keep it simple because on twitter they're at iabd presents and then on facebook they're at iabd presents and then on instagram at iabd presents so hey you know what we gotta thank Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer, because we couldn't do it without him. And you know what else? We couldn't do it without our You Mind theme song, Demilitarized Zone, by Ethan Mexell, a very talented musician who really just sets the tone for everything. And you know what you can do? If you love this show, you can go to patreon.com slash lucidnap, but only if you're able to pay for your groceries and everything right now is kind of a rough time. And, uh... For small one-time donations, if you can't quite swing the Patreon thing, buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. You can also go to LostBreadComic.com and go ahead and buy my comic books, my artwork, or commission a piece of your very own. It's what I do. I draw things for a living. I'm not good at anything else, so... Kinda stuck with doing that and, and podcasts. So, hey! <laughs> you can go ahead and check out Creeping Wave if you like audio-drama-type podcasts. And uh, Creeping Wave is our scripted audio drama. It's uh, going to have a whole new season starting up in October, and I'm trying to get the scripts finished up and out to everybody while we're still in quarantine. <laughs> but you know what? Thank you for watching. It really means a lot to me that uh, the silliness that we put on the air is something that you actually want to participate in, and a special super thanks to The Gramerica Show. Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who are our Patreons, and we love them dearly, because we'd be dead in the water without those guys. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucid Nat Productions, in cooperation with a hairy old man. Thanks for listening. Hugs and kisses! Hello, is anybody out there? Anybody? This is Jim Cobb. If you are hearing this, the worst has happened. I've recorded a podcast
2: at the end of the world, and will broadcast it on channel PEN every Friday. It's all about the apocalypse, books, movies, TV, how much food and water will you need in your bunker, all that kind of stuff.
1: Excuse me, sir. You're going to have to keep the noise down? You're in a library, and you're scaring the kids. The world hasn't ended yet. Sorry, ma'am. Shh, you're in the library at the end of the world with host Jim Cobb. Fridays exclusively on Project Entertainment Network. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.